Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Hey, this is Pate from Route 22 Honda. Come see me for your next vehicle purchase. Make sure you mention the late night flight so you can get the best deal possible. It's a bunch of us. I'm a hand of colony. Everybody on a mountain, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird 40 on the Yeah, I'm making nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that it takes to make a blacker nation. Hold on. And now, here are your pilots the informative Hanif Sowell and the greatest Henny Badger who has ever lived, Nasur Nuru. As you know, we do have a new guest today. All right, we're going to get to her in a second. But check me out. I want to get back to you, Hanif, because you told the world what happened between Eddie and his illegitimate son. You told the world you had a nice speculation because for all we know, Hanif is definitely inquisitive. He is definitely informative. But because I'm his friend and I've known this man for so long, I know that he can also be definitely incorrect. Let's go to this clip. Now, I watched Coming to America, the original, recently, and I know the exact part where the son was conceived. Are you interested in knowing? Hell yeah, I'm interested in knowing. All right, so, in the scene, when Lisa had on diamond earrings and she found out that Hakeem was a prince and that he chased her on the train and then she threw the earrings at him and then she left. And the old lady was like, you know, I'll be your queen. Now, that's not his baby mother, but at that moment, Eddie or Akeem went and had a little quick one night stand with some woman that he met on that train. And that's when the baby was born. Now, in the movie, it wasn't that. It was from the time when he went double dating and they was talking to basically all the single women in Queens, including the two uh, rap chicks that look like Queen Latifah plus Queen Latifah. But go ahead, honey. Talk to me about that. Yeah. First of all, I'm never incorrect. <laughs> and I would say that I was on the right path. And the only thing is, we all know that women get pregnant the second time you have sex with them. But come on, honey. But the, the thing is, is that you got to you got to at least give Eddie some credit as far as. He's being innocent. He didn't he didn't have sex because he had to chase her through the subway. He had sex because he struck out the first 10 times of well, him just trying to find his queen. Well, what I would say is that whoever wrote that into the movie, like because it, it didn't it didn't even really feel right in the movie. You know what I'm saying? When you're watching it, and I'm I'm not just suiting my own horn, but my version was better because if in the movie, they like, oh, he went to the club. He didn't even remember having sex. The lady supposedly had drugged him that night when they went back to the... It, it just didn't make sense how they, they stuffed it in there. So they should have called me. <laughs> hey, Hanif, do you mind bringing in our guest today? Sure. Um, so we are kicking off Women's History Month. So all month we are going to bring on uh, women that are phenomenal in their fields and doing their things. And we have the honor and privilege of having my friend, Miss Pate Andrea Charles, joining us today. Pate, how are you today? I'm well. I'm well. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Wait, hold on, hold on, Hanif. Uh, all right, just just <laughs> throw throw Pate in and get her get her right into this coming to America conversation. Get her right into <laughs> it. Get her right into this. <laughs> so, um, Pate saw coming to America one, right? 
she's familiar with it. Um, she did not see part two, but we might be spoiling it for her today. But she's going to watch it. She's going to watch it soon. It's going to take her two days to watch it, but she's going to watch it. <laughs> what is Pate doing right now? We don't mean to uh, be in Pate business because this is, we are, of course, we do this pre-recorded. But I'm looking at Pate right now and Pate look like she just woke up. So, I mean, Pate, what you doing right now? You're not going to, you could watch Coming to America 2 right now while we about to talk about it. You don't want to do that? You want me to watch it now as we speak? Because it takes me a little while. I may rewind a few times. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just messing with you. We just messing with you. But look, here, so... I guess for coming to America, right? So I, I, I watched it. Yeah. And what's your take? I, I, I lowered my expectations for one because the first one is a classic. Yes. It's one of those movies where I know line for line and I've watched it a million times. Yeah. As I watched this though, and I watched it with my daughter on Friday night, I was laughing throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Now, I can also say that it's not part one. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have the same power of part one, um, but I did appreciate the effort. Tell me the funniest things, or not the funniest things, but just some of the funny moments that you that you enjoy with you and your daughter watching the movie. Um, so, Pate, you want to cover your ears for this? It's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> King, King Jaffe, uh, James Earl Jones' character dies in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh my. but look, <laughs> he spoils it for you because they, he's having his funeral while he's alive. Which I thought his, was dope. I'm sorry. His go ahead. casket is vertical. And then in the, in the end, he's like, okay, I'm going to die now. And then he dies. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, I thought they did a good job of like bringing in like all of the, the cameos. So he had the Kembe Mutombo. They had Salt and Pepper, uh, In Vogue. Who else did they have? Morgan they had a, a, a few dope cameos where they where they brought people in, and I, I thought they caught that. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman was in there. They had yeah. they had. Well, I was going to talk about this later on, but I'll just speak on this real fast and then bring it right back to you. So it's funny because if they had an alternative ending where Eddie Murphy's son. Well, no, Eddie Murphy had no choice but to say, look, the son has to be the king. And then when the son sees that the queen, that the queen to be in his version of coming to America was actually Tiana Taylor, I ain't going to lie to you. If he would have chose Tiana Taylor, I wouldn't have been mad at him. Tiana Taylor. That was I thought Wesley Snipes was the breakout star in his suit. Mega good. And you know what? I'm glad you said that. You can finish up with Wesley Snipes. I love the fact that he's doing this, this, inspired comedy acting version of Wesley Snipes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like how De Niro switched to being dramatical, man, dramatical, but doing drama drama acting and then he started doing the Meet the Fockers and the Meet the Parents and he just started being this funny De Niro. And that was a whole right. thing for him. I love Wesley Snipes being this, uh, this comedy specialist. He's really funny with uh, Arsenio and Eddie, but continue though. Definitely. So they, yeah, they made that good. And another thing that the movie did that I thought was dope is they brought back every single character except for uh i think daryl wasn't in it and then um obviously uh the mom wasn't in it because she passed away in real life but right. they 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 found a space for every single character down to louis anderson i didn't even think louis anderson was still alive <laughs> he's not john candy <laughs> 
But all right, check me out. So what you about to say, Pay, talk to us. I just say this is why I hate sequels. Mm. Why? This is why I, do, I hate sequels every single time. Now, granted, it's never going to live up to the first one. It's not going to be the classic. We all should understand that. However, for some reason, they feel like now we have to bring in all these cameos. Let's make it camp. Mm. And it becomes overwhelming and it becomes too much. So it's no longer funny to me. I like that. I like that take. That's a that's a fair take. So wait, let me just see if I got this interview real fast. Give me a second. Look, I don't think you. No, that ain't it. Give me a second. Give me a second. So what I want to do as far as my take, I want to toss this up to. Oh, I hate this dude name, man. Charlemagne the God. Did I ever tell you, honey, that Charlemagne the God dissed me? He ain't dissed <laughs> me, but like I, I went to Law Forty Seven because he was there hosting an event. So I went down there. Found Charlemagne the God. We took a picture together. He gave me his phone number. Told him, hey, look, I'm a program director for this online radio station. I got my own show, Black Pilot Radio. I'm going through all my IG with him, just showing him all the pictures, showing him the guests that I had. He was like, oh, you out here trying to do something. I said, I ain't trying. I'm doing it. So we laughing, all that good stuff. We exchanged numbers. He, he called, well, I called him four days later. He said, look, I'm flying to go see Arsenio Hall. I'm going to be at the Arsenio Hall show. This is when he did his reboot, the reboot version of the Arsenio Hall show. He said, uh-huh. when I come back, I'm going to do a show with you. We're going to kick it. I said, oh, I bet. You know that never happened. Yeah. Of course. And then my girlfriend at the time, when I told her that, she wanted to say, you didn't expect that? And I'm like, hold on. So if you knew this, why you ain't tell me this? Because uh, I definitely... I was, was going to ask you if you didn't expect that. You're like, you're like, his doppelganger. I am nothing like Charlemagne he, he the God. Can't, he can't. He can't be two of you in the space. Let's 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 be for real for a second. Number one, Charlemagne the God is nothing like me. That's that's just that's just some real stuff. Charla- <laughs> Charlemagne the God. Don't get me wrong. He. I understand what you're saying in the sense where he wants to tell. He wants to give his uh, take on what the truth is in a self righteous manner. So in that sense, I can understand where the, the doppelganger reference from. But. Nah, no, not at all. I'm, I'm probably, I wouldn't call myself more of an intellectual, just probably just a better looking, well-dressed, more articulate version, if anything. Yeah, I'll probably go with that, probably. Real, real, I mean, just being honest, me and Charlemagne, probably, we just, not probably, we are the same height. We're like the same height. He just got a bigger head. He got these funny arms, like, and I'm, I'm actually built, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm great compared to this guy. Hey, yo, what the f- Charlemagne, the guy asking Arsenio Hall, about, hey, this this been a rumor for years saying that you was going to make, well, y'all was going to make a coming to America too. Let me tell you, well, not let me tell you, let me show you what Arsenio Hall said. I don't think you've changed. That ain't it. Wait, give me a second. Time, we are being crooked. Wait, that ain't it either. I know you're paying. That ain't it either. That's time. Ooh, that is Donald Trump. Remember that shit? We won't talk mm. about that, man. I know you're paying. We won't talk about him. What took so long for the, for the film to come out? Because I've been hearing about this sequel for at least... It seemed like 15 years, honestly. Yeah, and, and here's here's the crazy thing, Charlemagne. And it's why I love when you ask those kind of questions. None of that stuff was ever true. Really? There was never a talk. We had actually decided we're fans of the movie too. It was great. We did it well. We're gonna leave it where it is. And trust me, I'm not papered up like Eddie. If he said, let's do coming to America too, and it's about uh, us going to Wakanda with R. Kelly. I would sign up and I would do it. So check that out. So 
they never really discussed doing a, a sequel to Coming to America, which lets me know why it's shot the way it's shot. If y'all told me that Coming to America 2 was going to be live on Hallmark Television at 8 o'clock p.m., I would have been like... This is the greatest Hallmark movie I have ever seen in my life. This is one of the, this is the greatest TV movie ever. This was definitely shot for people to watch it at TV. If you, if you saw this at the movies, you probably would have laughed because the jokes was on point. But the, the way it's shot, it's shot like a TV movie, not a cinematic movie. That's just my personal opinion about that. And that, that's not a bad thing. It's just more of a... It's not built for movies. It was. It's definitely. It's definitely built for the pandemic. Maybe they should. Know. Say it again, Pete. Maybe they should have taken it to Wakanda. Maybe that would have worked. No, but they the mentioned movie. Wakanda. Okay, I think it was like, <laughs> like so the the place where Wesley Snipes was from, their their neighboring village, was called Nextoria. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I ain't gonna lie, I think the movie is on point. The movie's good. It's just not a movie. It's a it's a TV movie. Can we say something real quick though? I kind of like watching new movies at home. I kind of like this pandemic era of watching this movie at home and not having to pay a hundred dollars for popcorn and bullshit. Um. Yeah, I like the movies. I do appreciate the theater, the just the big screen, the the whole popcorn. I'm I'm that person. I mean, if Tiana Teller was playing Fade in my house and said, "I don't want to go nowhere but play Fade. Let's watch the movie at my house." Well, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> I'm watching the movie at my house. All right. And now we have Hanif Sowell, the senior correspondent of the Light Skin Delegation. Wait, what the f is that? Light Skin Delegation? We, the Light Skin Delegation slash Coalition slash Network, would like to offer asylum to Princess Meghan Markle in the great African nation of Nextoria. It's about three blocks away from Zamunda and around the corner from Wakanda. Now that we've discovered that my ancestry is nearly 80% West African, I will begin working with nations like Nextoria, which is basically Atlanta, and providing refuge to our light-skinned brothers and sisters who were denied entry into Wakanda back in 2018. While we have secured a location for Meghan, Little Archie, and Drake's son, we cannot do anything for Prince Harry, no matter how much Tupac he listens to. No further questions at this time. Push us through crowd. Not that she was a breakout star, but she definitely put the put the movie as far as for me at ease. As far as me just laughing all day, Leslie Jones. Yeah, she was good. Leslie Jones, this 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 sexy lesbian over here had me rolling when she had the dude in the tub the same way Eddie Murphy had the girls in the tub. Oh, oh yeah, Pete, you're gonna like that. You're gonna like that scene right there. Leslie Ugh. Jones is being Saturday Night Live, full effect Leslie Jones. It, yo, she's breathtaking. I think she's a very good comedic actor. I think she's two times the actress. Well, not to jump on this sister, but I'm just, you know, I like, I like to make competition. I think she's mm. two times the comedic actress Tiffany Haddish is. Tiffany Haddish wants to be Leslie Jones. Yeah. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. Why do good girls like bad guys? Do good girls. 
Got it. All right. Um, so, yeah, I just came across this article that's talking about uh, the, the caption is why intelligent and high performing women fall for toxic partners. And essentially what this article is doing is kind of putting the onus on the men and saying that, you know, these toxic men um, are seeking out these high performing women and basically looking for uh, mother figures or someone that could, uh, you know, be a pseudo parent figure for, for that man. Um, what do you think about this, Pete? You know, women are so maternal, period, that that makes sense. And I don't even know if it's that, because when I read the article, it's like these narcissistic men, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know if it's that they're targeting women. I think because women are so maternal, you find a man that you're attracted to and you want to build him. You want to fix him. You see his potential and you fall in love with that, not realizing that he may not ever get to where you want him to be. Mm. Okay. That actually happened to me in real life. So a woman found me at Planet Fitness, right? Now, mind you, I just, I just, um, I just, let me say, I, we mutually parted, not we, but I mutually parted ways with Senator Ronald Rice as his legislative aide, right? So I technically do still have money. I, I probably shouldn't say that out loud, but he's, he, he's not going to listen to this. He's like 80 years old. But I ha- I've had money for a little while. Now, no one knew about this. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm talking about before unemployment check money, I've got some other state money because... My man, all right, even though I'm a legis- I'm a former legislative aide. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I am basically unemployed at Planet Fitness, right? I'm not doing nothing. I'm just working out, Pete. I'm just working out. This woman likes me, right? She doesn't even know whether I work or not. She sees me stressed out one time. She just, you know, I, and I guess it's that woman's intuition because women are brilliant. And she was just like, what's going on? What is really going on? And I tell her, right? I told her. I told her. So I was so upset that I told her because that's not, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can, get, I, got a, a, I can get another job within a month or two. But I told her, you know what this woman did to me, Pete? What she did, start playing your payroll? She started giving you an allowance? No, no, she did. <laughs> not, to be honest with you, she did something better because I, I, I love a woman that is willing to turn fishermen. All right. Don't teach me how to fish. Give, make me a fisherman. So mm-hmm. this, this is what I'm saying. The sister see that I'm out here doing my thing in the gym. She tried to, she she attempts to to make a business out of my She was gonna buy you a gym? No, she's like, yo, we're gonna start getting people to, you know, to you work out, you could be a personal trainer. Nice. Now, no, nice. no, it's not nice. Cause let me tell you something. I told this woman, um, I don't need you to, that's not what I'm doing. Like, I'm okay. Like, I just like to work out. It's not that serious. But, 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 but you don't got no money right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because I'm unemployed right now doesn't mean I don't have money. Watch yourself. So I thought it was funny that she pushed on this whole, you know, I know she was looking to help and being helpful, but I, I don't know why she pushed that on me. Cause now that we don't talk anymore, if I see her in public, she likes to throw that on me. Yo, I started a business for you. What? Who are you talking to? Oof. You did Mm. what? Yeah, I try to put you on with your music and I'm like, you ain't do none of that. Why would you do that? Like, I thought that was toxic. And don't get me wrong, because she's a high performance woman, so I give her the respect. But I don't know why she pushed all that on me. You know, like, 
I mean, why she couldn't just have sex with me and get it over with like most women do? This I mean, saw the best in you. She wanted to give you that should night treatment. Yo, so here's here's, <laughs> here's my take. I I, I think that. You know, a, a part of being, you know, high performing and assertive in that area, I think women have to exude a certain level of masculine energy in order to exist in that in that arena. And what happens is if you if you're not balanced and you can't turn it off, you start to then attract, you know, the opposite. You know what I'm saying? Like you start to attract people who need that masculine energy, you know what I'm saying? Or, or gravitate towards it. So you have to balance yourself and put yourself in space because I think when you have high powered and high powered and you have a lot of masculine energy going back and forth, it creates competition Absolutely. more than collaboration. 100%. And I think that's where the toxicity stems from as opposed to just these people coming in the situation, being toxic or preying on, on their partner. A hundred percent. I agree with that. And I think a lot of women, it's, it, it, you know, I feel like everything goes back to slavery. Right. And I say this all the time. So stop me if you feel like I'm, I'm reaching. I feel like in slavery, you the, the woman, the man watched the woman be raped, watched the woman have these children by the slave master and there was nothing they could do. So then the woman becomes self-sufficient. She has to take care of these kids by herself. She has to know that her man can't help her because if not, if he does, if he tries, now he's facing being whipped, he's facing being killed. So then it becomes where you grab all this masculinity, you grab all this testosterone, whether you want to or not, Right. it stays with you. So now even going into a relationship, wanting to be feminine, wanting to be your best female self, you still have that within you and you want to help and you want to fix and you want to save and you want to serve and it doesn't really serve us. Yeah. All right. So next question we talking about my man, my homie. This is here. <laughs> Why is Jay-Z liquidating his assets? Hey, if I had one advice for y'all tonight, don't ever go with the flow, be the flow. <laughs> Man to talk to my yes, I understand if you don't understand, I figure I'm jigger. 
That's where we differ. I tell you what's mine, you tell what they give you, I get you. I don't take no checks, I take my respect. Pirelli even told me go with the savings back. Jimmy Iveen off of the safety net. Google dang around a crazy check. I feel like you two is the biggest culprit. I pay you a tip for what you're supposed to get. You know niggas die for equal pay, right? You know when I work, I ain't your slave, right? You know I ain't shut for the job and high five You know it's him back in the days, right? Alright, so this is whole talking his talk. This is whole letting us know where his mind is and what he's thinking. I got another bar that I love from Hope, right? So he says, he says, if I got demons in the past and I got daughters on the way, if the prophecy's correct, then the child should have to pay for the sins of the father. So I barter my tomorrows against my yesterdays and pray that she'll be okay. And if I'm no longer here to shed her face from the glare, I give her my share of Carol's daughter and a new beast share. Jesus right? Christ. <laughs> you hear? Oh, he's telling you. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is always thinking of legacy. He's always thinking his next moves. You know what I'm saying? And um, we're talking about him and him selling title and the backlash that he's receiving from that. Uh, how he's getting he's, backlash? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, they're giving him backlash because... It's the same thing with Carol's daughter. It's the same thing when whenever we build up something, we build equity in a in the business and we want to hold on to it. Uh-huh. Um, and then we sell it. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm gonna admit, so a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this, uh-huh. I was like, yo, if wholesale title, I'm out. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm so in, yeah. I Hove came to me in a dream, right? Let me tell you about this. All right. All right. Was it something hey. like the coming to America dream you had? Nah, Hove came to me in a dream and he said, Oh yeah, of little faith. You know what I'm saying? He said, you already seen me turn a man to a goat. You know what I mean? You already know what I could do with the coat. Drop it in the water, made it disappear, made it reappear. I had that on the rope. And I was like, my bad. I apologize. So I woke up with a newfound vision and saying like, yo, Hove is about to do something crazy. I feel like he's freeing up this cash so that he could bust another move that's going move, you know, the way that artists and entertainers and creatives do business, take them to another level to put the power in the artist's hands and, and, and help people move better with their business. Look, right now is where we got to put it. It was all a dream. How about that? <laughs> I see, I said. I see, I said. Jealousy, I said. I need to talk about any any business that he want to put together, though. He just told me what Jay-Z said, though. But go no, ahead. But, like, but that's, that's the point. Like, yeah. so, and we can, we can talk about this now and in our meeting, but... Um, if you look at uh, Jack Dorsey and what he's doing, right? Right, right? So Jack Dorsey is actually working with a technology that he's going to sell his very first tweet for $25 million, mm. right? It's called NFT. It's non-fundable tokens. And it's a blockchain technology where creatives who have platforms could monetize the platform and create like an authenticity on a digital scale, and then you make money as the people who you sell the product to makes money. So if we sell you this authentic, say if we sell an episode of our podcast to our listeners, right? They buy it at $5 a piece or whatever. 
then they could go and resell it for advertising on their own platforms. And as, as they make money, we get residual money off of that. And it just, it makes like sensations like say Little Nas X when he put out his song and went viral. If he would have did it under that platform, he'd be damn near a billionaire right now. Things I love that man. Like <laughs> I'm such a super stan. I always say Jay could put out uh uh over and over on a record, and I would buy it. Like I love him. There's nothing he can do wrong. And so when I see Twitter going crazy, like oh Jay said, you know, be an entrepreneur and keep your 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 monies to yourself and keep it in the black community. I think they forget where he said like, Mama ain't raised no fool. Put me anywhere in God's green. I'm a triple my birth. Like he said it. Sure. You know, I don't feel like he gave up the monies. I don't feel like he 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 did what they're saying he did. He kept the majority, like the majority of the shares went to Jack, but now we're building. And he's still he's still in control and we're still building. The artists still have control of their monies and and, and they're still getting paid. We're just building. What I'm about to say is that I think that the people, the people that always want to give Jay Z some 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 lip about what he does, right or wrong, I think it's the fact that they you like think about it. Jay Z is a billionaire. The, the 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 moves that he can make, the normal everyday person cannot. And mm-hmm. then when you have these small businesses, although Jay Z is giving you these blueprint, the, the, the blueprint. <laughs> it's funny because mm-hmm. that's what he does, uh-huh. right? <laughs> He, he gives you this blueprint in a sense to, hey, this is how you could push your business this way and that way. The, the problem with it is on a small business level is that you may not have that type of uh, leeway to, to, to make the moves that he that he can make. But right. I still but I do believe, though, still take heed to the words that he's saying, because mm-hmm. it's an attitude that goes with the business mm-hmm. that will help you maneuver and get what you want out of it. And I, I wish that the people that be hating on Jay-Z would take that into consideration. Because all the bars that you and Hanif put together and y'all was talking about in reference to Jay-Z, those are the bars you need to take. You know, you got to take those down as notes and be like, yo, if I apply this to my everyday business, mm-hmm. I, can, I, can, I can shoot up. If you would like to be a guest on the late night flight, hit me in my Facebook DM at Hanif Sowell or email us at thelatenightflight at gmail.com. Look at this. Hey, 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 talking that sh- She needs a car. She needs a car dealership of her own. She could go make 12, 12, 12 pates of the Black Star and just make it happen. Black Star uh-huh. dealership. There you go. Right there. I just did your name for you. All right. <laughs> I love it. Black Star dealership. There you go. Should you spend your tax money on a new car? All right. So we are here again. We're talking to Pate. Um, Pate is a longtime car saleswoman at Route 22 Honda in Hillside, New Jersey. And she's going to talk to us about uh, just the do's and don'ts, I guess, of when you're going to buy a car, things you should look out for and how she could take care of you should you walk into her her um, dealership. So, Pate. Should, why should the people come and spend their tax money at Route 2200 this year? My thing is this, and I always say this, treat yourself. If spending your tax money isn't going to hurt you, if it's not going to affect you financially, if you're not going to end up evicted, do it. Get yourself a better car. Why not? Spend your money with me. I'll take care of you. I'll make sure it's a decent vehicle. I'll make sure you're happy. 
you know, but if it's something that's going to hinder you later, then maybe it makes more sense to, to fix your, your current vehicle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the pandemic, most people don't want to be on public transportation. And so that's why a lot of times they are coming in to buy a car. We had a record year last year, despite COVID, because a lot of people don't want to be on public transportation. I get that. If it's going to affect you, don't do it. If it's going to better you, and if you feel like this is what you should do, and this is your tax money that you you waited for all year, then absolutely, let's do this, and I'll take care of you. Definitely. Have you ever told somebody, like, now this probably wouldn't be a good deal, you should probably wait or go another route? Yes, yes. I feel like financial literacy isn't taught to Black people at all. And so every chance I get, I will break down your credit history. I'll show you your bureau. I'll tell you what you need to do, what you shouldn't do, what needs to be paid, what shouldn't be paid. I'll tell you if you feel, if I feel like this might be too much car for you and scale it down a little bit, get your credit right, pay for it on a year and a half, for a year and a half. And then, you know, we'll try to get you what you want later. A lot of times I'll say you don't have to stunt with your first car. Your first car is going to be what you need just to get you here to there and to build your credit. And after a year and a half showing that you can make those payments, absolutely, I'll put you in what you want. Definitely. Um, what, are, what are some of the do's and don'ts of buying a car? Like, what should people do when they are preparing to come in and talk to you about getting a new vehicle? Do your research. I always, I always tell my customers, I like an educated customer. Um, Kind of look at what you think you might want, what what you need. A lot of people come in, they're like, I want the top of the line. I want this, I want that. And you don't need that. You can't afford that. So do your research. Because if not, you're going to run into a shark who's going to put you in what you said you want. And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily you can afford. And then when your car is repossessed, now you're calling pay, wanting me to fix it. And sometimes it's a little too late at that point. How many questions do you have, Hanif, if you don't mind me asking? You got more um, questions? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of just shooting off the hip. I All don't right. have any set amount. I have, I have one question for you. I have one question for you. One, over here, Pete. You ready for it, Pete? I'm ready. I'm okay. so ready. You should be. All right. One, <laughs> one question. Here we go. I am a black American who has poor credit, but I do have my tax money and I do want to get a Honda. And I see you and I tell you these things in particular. Tell me the line. Tell me what you are saying back to me. Don't tell me, oh, I would say something like this. No, tell me what you would say to me so I can stick around for 15 more minutes and think that, hey, you know what? That accord is something that I really, really do want. But I am of poor credit, but I do have my tax money and I am looking to do something because I do want to pick this woman up next weekend. Talk to me. How much did you plan on putting down? What exactly do you need? And how much can you afford to spend every month? Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer those questions for you right now. Just, to, just to, you know, we, we role playing. So I'm <laughs> going to put down 3500 What was the next question after that? How much can, what do you really need? What is it that you need in a vehicle? And how much can you afford to spend every month? I just need the engine to work. I need the music to play. <laughs> okay, I need the engine to work. I need the music to play. I'm gonna say it again because I'm dead. Ass. I want the engine to work. I want the music to play. I am willing to put somewhere between three hundred and three hundred and eighty dollars a month. 
which is silly, but I'm willing to do it. Continue. Okay. If we're doing 300 to 380 a month and you're putting $3,500 down, I would have to pull the credit. My thing is, I don't want to show you a car and you fall in love with that car and the bank says, hell no. Mm-hmm. I, things backwards when you're coming to me with that, with that scenario. So in that scenario, I'm going to pull your credit first and see what the bank allows. This is what I tell people. The dealership only houses the car. We, we own those cars, but we're only housing the car. The bank decides who can buy a car. The bank decides what the interest rate's going to be. The bank decides what the payment's going to be. That's not on me. So I'd rather not show you a car that you're going to fall in love with, and now I have to dump down to something else. I'd rather get your credit score, see what the bank allows, and then we kind of build from there. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet sh- right here. Is Broad Street in North the new Broadway? Okay, so this is about uh, North Symphony Hall. Um, if, I don't know if you remember when we was in elementary school, we used to walk to our field trips to North Symphony Hall whenever they had like a performance there because our school was like within walking distance. Great times, um, great times. But Symphony Hall was the place for North arts and, you know, entertainment uh, back in the, the 80s and 90s. And so now what's happening is it's been shuttered for a few years and the city has been getting donations and a grant to renovate the space. And I think they got upwards of like $30 million over the next five years to renovate it. And um, they tapped into this young lady by the name of Tanisha Nash Laird uh, of White Plains, New York. Um, But she's coming in. She's a working with architects and other people to kind of bring back the space. So we already have NJ Pack. Um, we're bringing Symphony Hall back. And I just kind of want to, or I'm hoping rather that Nork is trying to take over the off-Broadway spot because since the pandemic, a lot of people aren't venturing into New York and you have a lot of people who uh, are from New York that are living in New Jersey now or Nork gentrifying it. Um, I wonder if Nork is going to be the new off-Broadway location for, for entertainment. I'm glad you just used that G word, bro, because they do have the gentrified version of Symphony Hall. It's called NJ Pack. Mm. You know what I mean? They already got a bunch of black people working there, but they don't have a bunch of... Well, I can't even say that because if you love the ballerina antics of uh, Alan 80, I don't even know how to pronounce this bro- brother's name, but <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, Pay right? Look, Pay know I'm talking about... Pay know exactly who I'm talking about, but um, him and all of his uh, uh, ballerina friends, they definitely get to do some shows. They got a hip-hop nutcracker that they're doing over there in J-Pack. So they definitely trying to take Symphony Hall Sean ASAP. All they need mm. now is future Kevin Hart and Steve Harvey, and it's all over for you. It's all over for, St- for Symphony Hall. Nobody don't want to watch the spinners anymore, okay? Nobody ain't trying <laughs> to do that. That's the problem with Newark Symphony Hall. I'm tired of us as... Listen, this show is for the community. Yes, we want to be that artistic hub, that community hub. But it's time for black people. This is not airing out the dirty laundry. This is actually just having a roundtable discussion and being honest about the things that we have as a community. Y'all talk about title. Like you was just talking about title a couple uh, episodes, not a couple episodes, I'm sorry, a couple segments ago, Pete, where you're like, man, nobody don't really buy title. And yes, that's true, but only because of Spotify. Man, if, first of all, it's 40 something million black folks in this country. Every black folk, should have definitely, as soon as Jay-Z said title, you're supposed to be like, yes, sir. Yep. 
That's what I did. Yeah, that's what I did, and I'm pretty sure that's what Pate did. And if it mm-hmm. and if 40, 48 million people was thinking like the three of us, he we would be have making to sell it. exactly. He wouldn't have to sell it, and we'd be in the we'd be in the money. All of us together, because I feel like the, the, the vision that Jay-Z has when it comes to the black business that he wants to put together is very black Wall Street. It's very black Wall Street mm-hmm. where the money is shared together. So with Symphony Hall, and I, I end this and you can say everything you want to say, Pate. With Symphony Hall, look, man, it's time to bring the black arts for real. And listen, I know y'all like the spinners. I know you want to hear the whispers. I love Rocksteady. That's a great song. <laughs> but, but, but listen, you got to call the baby. You got to call little baby. You got to call mini baby. You got to call mulatto, Megan Thee Stallion. You got to get the new X, the new black X that's out right now and let them dominate Symphony Hall because that's the only way you're going to have real fans in attendance at Symphony Hall. Because let me tell you something. If little Uzi Vert, Young Thug, little baby and future doing a show, Every child that is from 8 to 28 is trying to find their way to go to Symphony Hall right now. And I'm going to be right outside with our flyers passing them out like, can y'all please download this uh, the late night flight right now? The future loves it. You like future, right? Future loves it. Go get that right now. What you want to say, Peyton? <laughs> you are crazy. <laughs> um, No, I'm with you. I, I agree with that. I feel like it does have to be uh, targeted towards the younger crowd because NJ Pack has the older crowd. Yes. I like Tanisha's story though. I like the fact that she she felt like she was poor in, in where she lived and her mom sacrificed for her so that she could go see the arts and she's built off of that. I, I really appreciate her story. Uh, so the only thing that I would add is when you go downtown New York to the theater district, like there's a theater every other door. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So everybody has room to create a space for artists to create and perform. So I feel like if you want to take Symphony Hall and make it like a local artist spot where you got local writers and playwrights and things like that, and they could put on their performances, and then you got NJ Pack where they do like the Thursday night concerts and whatever they got going on, and then you open up another spot for, you know, uh, the, the more professional, polished uh, actors and, and theater uh yeah, it's room for everybody to eat. And I think Newark should be that place. Okay, so it's hard to disagree with you, even though I, I want to disagree with what you just said, because what you just said lets me know that you didn't party at all in Newark when you lived here, because, bro, they got the Terrence Ballroom under Symphony Hall. So they have plenty of room for people to do theater, to do concerts, all of everything you said, they have all of that at Symphony Hall. This It's not a problem at all. Um, I don't think that, like, I, that now what I do understand what you're saying too is, the um, it shouldn't be any room for competition, and it's not. But let's just be let's be honest. Symphony Hall has been dead for the most part since NJ Pack has been around these this last decade. If Symphony Hall wants to make money at Symphony Hall, especially if they're going to get thirty million dollars to 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 pour into Symphony Hall to be renovated, they need to call in the dogs, call in Future, Hey Diddy, get everybody, get the whole bad boy team out here right now, because that's how you're going to bring money to Symphony Hall for the next fifteen years. That's all I'm saying. No, I would like to know what you performed at Symphony Hall. I need to know. I mean, it was one of my old uh, rap songs. I used to I used to make music and I wanted to turn turn out to be a songwriter for people. But um, when I was in that zone of looking to really be somebody, um, this is definitely I want to say. Let me see. Till I got left school. I want to say this is obvious. This has to say obviously. This has to be around two thousand three to two thousand five, somewhere between there. 
And the guy who just dropped off my flyers actually was the dude that put me on. To, uh, his name is Ali Montana. He, he the one that got me this, this gig to do at Symphony Hall. I paid $100, performed at 12 o'clock in the afternoon with some other underground talent. Senator Rice was like front row. Well, but it's a, it's a bunch of kids, by the way. It's like kids was like from ages six to like 14. And they just had a bunch of underground artists. So to them, we were stars. To them, we were stars. The funny thing about that day was I crashed my car that same morning. Yeah. So I'm over here like I'm not really into it at all. They like, yo, bro, you got to do it anyway. It's just, you know, I'm like, yo, I want to go home. Like, <laughs> I want to go home and find some woman to roll my weed up because when I was 24, I didn't know how to roll weed yet. So, you know, it's just like I was I was stressing. And uh, yeah, I, I, I did the show. I, yo, I ripped it. You can ask, yo, man, I, got, I should get Ali right now. I ripped it, but I was sad. Yo, all I know on some hood and I don't, you know, we'll end it. On some hood what I remember, the worst part about that night, that day was after the show was over, we signed a little bullshit autographs, all that shook, signed the Senator Rice hand, whoever the else was that thought they was important as a public figure there. I went to the studio and all you seen was a bunch of gangsters just passing weed to me. Like, I had like 12 blunts. Like, I felt like a, a, a legitimate hoe that night. You know what I mean? I had 12 blunts to the neck. They just all felt bad for me. And I was just like, like, I don't got a car no more. Like, I did this to my car. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yo, we're, I don't know, yo, women that want to smoke weed for free and all like, I, honestly, I think they should stop doing that because I felt no type of, like, yo, after that 12 blunts, yo, I woke up like, I ain't got a car though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I should have called you, paint. Like, yo, I need a car. This is bullshit. Yeah, but anyway, that's nothing. If it stop being cool, what? Did, hell yeah! If you wear fitties, I'm on you. Please. If you, really? If you wear fitties, you for the streets. I don't mean to use your line, honey, but I'm saying it. That. You wear fitted, you for the streets, yo. Who do that? Wait. Hey, wait. So we're talking about new era, new era hats in general or fitteds? We talking about men wearing new era fitteds. You are for the streets. You wearing that right now? That is so cool. That is lame. Like you know, what I'm saying either either you got the worst hairline and you just need a hat and that's fine. I can't knock you on that. Or like yo, you for the streets, yo. Who wear new era fitteds anymore, yo? I don't even want you wearing unfitteds. Them unfitteds is really oh god, like, that is lame. Like I feel like only Joe Button emo punk put that out in Jersey and everybody want to wear unfitteds and truck hats and like they stone cold. That uncool to me. But anyway, what's the next question? What you about to say? Wait, my my ex is from Brooklyn and lives in Georgia. Okay. And swears by his New York fitness. He's got to have his seven and five H's Yankee hat on all day, every day. And he has a nice hairline. Yeah. He in Georgia, right? Yes. See, he can yes. do that shit in Georgia where it's, you know what I'm saying, where, where life is like 1989 still. You know what I mean? Like, you could do that down there. Ain't, ain't nothing cool in Georgia except Atlanta. Is he in Atlanta or he's just in a town in Georgia? He, he's so outside of Atlanta. Exactly. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. I, I, live in a, I live in a state called New Jersey. There's a couple of towns that do that back in the day bullshit too. Like, if you ever go to Jersey City, go to Ringside, you start seeing girls with the presser curls looking like total and shit from 1990. I'd be like, what the hell is this? It's 2020. Why are you wearing 1991 hairdos? This is corny. Patterson, they like that too. They wear some orange. That's a town in a town in Essex County. Orange is that town where they still act like it's 1997. The children and the adults alike. I used to live in Orange for three years, yo. 
like you got it. Like that is a local town. It's either you know people locally because you grew up there, or you just you're just there to work and like you know to live. Yeah, I don't know, but it's just a whack place to be at. I would not want to live in Orange as far as being a local with the people. Like they are very uh, off grid, which is weird because you live right next to Nork in East Orange. Yeah, I'm right. not into that. I'm not. So yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, you said that's your boyfriend. You said my ex, my ex. Yeah, my ex. Well, you, you should thank God that you made him your ex because if he's wearing a Yankee fitted, like he's cool, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's just not the type of man that you should, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm. Listen, I'm kind of I'm kind of happy you don't want that type of bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a bad guy. You a high performance woman. I'm happy that you made a better decision in your life. You know what I'm saying? Because I would clown you in public if you told me that. Like I'd have been like, hold up, your man wear fitted still? Hat cock can't see his eyes. Who could it be? And that new blue Yankee on. Who but me? Wait, wait, wait. Hey, can they? That written on the back of one of his fittings. <laughs> he had that on his fitted. Oh my oh. god! Oh, yeah. Oh. All right, chill, oh, yeah, no. that's crazy. Oh no, <laughs> that's crazy. Like they said, I, I, I think they said, um, when you buy a woman a pair of shoes, that means she'll walk out of your life. I guess it's the same thing for a fitted. <laughs> I guess it's the same thing for a fitted. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yo! Wherever he lay his hat, it was his home. He took that fitted off somewhere else in Georgia and said, "I'm out here." <laughs> Who but me? Hey, yo! What the? F- this is a pallet right here. Should a woman oblige her husband in spontaneous sex? Um. So the question that we're asking right now is, um, should a wife? I want to say, I don't know if I want to say obligated, but should a wife oblige her husband in spontaneous sex? And this is coming off of a meme that Pate shared in the space that we congregated. Um, So it says, my husband came to my office unannounced today. He asked me, my secretary to not allow anyone in from 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. I thought he wanted to talk about something important, but no, he wanted sex. I told him it was my working hours and that I couldn't. He got pissed and tried forcing himself onto me. I screamed for help. I give him sex at home when he wants it. We don't have any real sex issues pending, so I don't know what exactly came over him today. When help finally entered my office, he was naked. He got dressed in their presence and then removed his wedding ring and threw it on the floor. He's not home yet. He's not called me since this afternoon. What do I do or say to him when he returns home? And my reply was, who's going to tell sis he's not coming home? It's over, done. No, you're not obligated to have sex with your husband. Obligated? No, you're not. Would I have in that moment? Yes. Obviously, you think there's nothing going on at home, but for him to come into your job and tell the secretary, hey, give me an hour, I need my wife, Something's missing, and 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 he wanted to to fulfill that in that space. You should have just gave it up, hon. I know that's right, Pete. Pete won't be over here letting me slap her ass in the back of a Honda Odyssey. I like that. <laughs> Get your ass over here on back of this Honda, girl. I ain't playing with you, Grittins. <laughs> Get on this accord. <laughs> Don't be honest. Tap me on Open my that shoulder. engine up. Open that engine up, girl. I ain't playing. Huh? Open that engine. Make that. I want to make that. That's right. I'm sorry. Okay. Beyonce said, Beyonce said, tap me on my shoulder, I roll over. That's what that's what it is. I mean, if you want it, I got it. 
Yeah. I mean, because clearly there's a disconnect. You know what I'm saying? Because whatever she's, whatever they're doing at home, you know what I'm saying? Whatever his sex drive is or whatever she feels like she's fulfilling, it's not happening. You know what I'm saying? And if we're going to be honest, in my opinion, this is a woman always cheating example. <laughs> right? I'm going to turn it on her because the fact that, you know, she's like, she's willing to give it to him at home and they're good. And then he shows up at work. You know what I'm saying? It's clearly that she's already given it to her work husband and mm. she doesn't want her husband to notice that. So because anytime somebody, I feel like anytime somebody's being like super forceful with something that should not be necessarily a big deal, it's because they're trying to hide something. So that's where I would draw that she was cheating. Yo, what happened to you? What happened to you? What? Don't tell us don't that. Tell us what happened to you. What happened to you where every time something like this happens, not only is the woman's fault, but the woman is already like, she already has another life set the f up. Like she got a work husband. She getting Valentine's Day gifts from him. Yo, can you, what's a Honda truck? Um, can you give me the name of a Honda truck? A pilot. Oh my God. Not that, I feel bad because I was about to talk about the Honda Pilot because I'm a pilot, but Jesus Christ, don't get a Honda Pilot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pete. I got to keep that real for a second. But I'm just saying, you're going to have sex with the dude in the back, of, you know, the work hubby in the back of a Honda Pilot. Here's my thing, Hanib. I just want, here's my thing. What about she just feels like, hey, look, I'm this guy, my husband, I'm, I'm you know, I, I do it at home. Maybe she's a prude where, she just doesn't have sex, you know, in offices. Maybe that's just not her style. And, 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 and to his credit, he's like, you know what? I'm going to find me a woman that don't mind me in the office. So kudos to him. But I don't think, you know, she's just some other guy or, you know, sucking the boss for a raise. We don't do that no more. I mean, not we. Women don't do that no more. Wait, Pete, they, they don't do that no more, right? I'm not asking if you do. I'm saying women no. don't do that anymore, right? They, they still do that. Oh. They still do Oh. <laughs> um... So I'm sorry. I, I, what I what I'm gonna say is, I'm sorry. <laughs> there was there was a there was a meme going around some time back that says something like, "I've slept with so many married women that <laughs> you know, say I don't know how to trust marriage." You know what I'm saying? It was something along those lines. So that's all I'll say about that. Please subscribe and download to The Late Night Flight on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Every subscription helps us towards our efforts in having a career in podcast radio broadcasting. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here.